Lose your fingers. Keep your penis. <laughs> it's not all bad. I'm Kevin Leeson. Oh my god, it's a menstrual bloodbath! I'm Joe Fulgham. Leonine feces? I'm Jenna Capic. Panning for leper gold. I'm Torn Atkinson. Today on Caustic Soda. Leprosy, a.k.a. Hansen's disease? That's one of those diseases you don't want to have named after you. I knew those kids were responsible for something bad aside from music. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to make a Hansen joke. <laughs> Thank you. And as our special guest Hello. in the studio... Jenna Capic. Jenna Capic. So, Jenna, what brings you here to us? Why are you particularly suited to talk about leprosy? I am a microbiologist, so I study bacteria, and specifically disease-causing bacteria of the genus Mycobacterium, Mycobacterium tuberculosis. So Mycobacterium leprae is in the same group. I was always pronouncing it mycobacterium. Definitely the myco, yeah. From the mycolic acid. Is that our quickest ever shamed by an expert on the podcast? (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) Yeah, because that was right out of the gate. Give us the breakdown of uh, leprosy then. What's it all about? What causes it, first of all? if you lived in the 13th to 19th centuries, you would think it maybe was caused by sin or maybe was a curse. But it was actually the first disease that was found to be caused by a bacteria, and it grows in the skin. And it was actually named after Hansen, who was the first person to actually link a bacterial infection to causing human infection. It's definitely been documented to have been around for at least about 4,000 years or so. So it's one wow. of the, the older infections. And interestingly, it's co-evolved with humans to the point where it cannot live outside of human cells or armadillo cells, as the case may be. Armadillos? So, <laughs> so for lay, in layman's terms, co-evolution is like when you live with a girlfriend too long and then you forget like what oh, is yeah. yours and what is hers. <laughs> kind don't of know thing. how to do the dishes. <laughs> that how that works? Yeah. Can't distinguish laundry soap from dish soap, I that know. kind of thing. Yeah. I never actually evolved those traits, so I didn't lose them. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you're probably immune to leprosy. There you go. It is a granulomatous disease of the peripheral nerves and mucosa of the upper respiratory tract. Skin lesions are the primary external sign. The granulomatous part of that is these nodules that grow on the skin and and look like enormous gross pimples are full of just billions of bacteria. Actually, people with advanced disease can have as many as 7 billion individual bacteria per gram of flesh. So this is more than in your average poo. Like, this is a lot of bacteria in a a very, very small area. That's what those nodules are about growing. So they grow in these massive bundles of just growing bacteria. That just makes the the gross images that we have even grosser to me now. Because like before, I looked at them before and went, oh, that poor guy that looks so bad. But now knowing that every single one of those is just filled with bacteria. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have like a process question, Jenna. Okay. When you guys are all hanging around the lab, all you doctor types, do you say everything as slowly as Torn does? Because I think... Uh, <laughs> granulomatous. Because, yeah, you said it like way quicker than that. So I think you're saying it wrong. Uh, it's entirely Torn possible. Torn never says it that way. So, Torn is a public speaker. She's just a scientist. What does she know? Left untreated leprosy can be progressive, causing permanent damage to the skin, nerves, limbs, and eyes. What can you tell us about that? There's three ways to go blind from having leprosy. So, Being stabbed in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's directly related okay. to the leprosy, uh, as people normally don't want to come close enough right. to affect the stabbing. But 
So it affects the nerves, basically, and you lose certain sensations. So one way to go blind from leprosy is you lose the control of the nerves that control the muscles that move your eye in different directions. So then the muscles cause the eye to just sort of roll back and become totally useless. Oh. This is by, mm, like far, a shark. by far the very best way to go blind from having leprosy. Oh, so. nice. That's the <laughs> best way oh, like, yes. to have your eyes turn into googly eyes and yeah. just randomly oh. move around in your head. We, we, we'll refer to this one as the brass ring. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> this is the silver lining. Oh, yes. Do they, does anybody ever have that happen and then go, yes? <laughs> they rolled back. Awesome. Number two. Is to have complete anesthesia of the cornea. So what this means is you can no longer feel the surface of your eye. So normally if you feel something on your eye, you blink, you tear, you get rid of it. Yeah. You can't feel it. So you just sort of scratch and with grit and dirt until your eye doesn't work anymore. Your tear ducts still function, but they don't know when to tear properly. You don't know when to tear or to blink or et cetera. I'm against people, that. People, Surprisingly, yeah. the second best way so, to okay. go blind. Oh, no. hold, hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> Wait, Kevin wants to say something. Do people with leprosy who have this particular condition, do they stop blinking? Do they not blink at all? This or do they is have to... the first worst way. This is the worst way right. to go blind from leprosy. The very worst right. is to lose the nerve control of your blinking muscles, making you unable to blink ever, such that your eyes dry out. And like sort little of, raisins. Yeah, shrivel up and crack like raisins. Like little is that white what that raisins. Book, <laughs> is that what that book Raisin in the Sun was about? <laughs> Do, do we need to come up with a new term for people with leprosy? Because maybe leper is now Hansen politically incorrect. diseased person. Hansen disease sufferers. Hansen Sufferer, disease yeah. patient. Uh, bacterial nerve ending challenged. Mm-hmm. It's a little wordy. but Now, contrary to folklore, leprosy does not cause body parts to fall off. Although they can become numb or diseased, infection results in tissue loss, so fingers and toes become shortened and deformed as the cartilage is absorbed into the body absorbed into the body. So basically you lose the nerve connections to the your periphery, so your fingers, your toes, the end of your nose, etc. And then it causes everything to think, oh, well, well, I'm not connected to the rest of the body anymore. So everything just sort of breaks down a little bit and your body resorbs those nutrients that are in your bones and your cartilage okay. and just brings it back into the body and it causes shortening of the fingers and toes. Because we've got a, a photo of a person who basically has no fingers. And it can actually there. has a few causes. Um, so it's not that those fingers are falling off. Is they're shrinking? That's one. So one is this resorption of the bones and tissue in, in your extremities. The other is damage. So because you can't feel your fingers and toes, you, you damage them doing mm -hmm. work and that kind of thing. Right. And then you have tissue damage that can result in uh, finger and toe loss. However, there are all these reports in India of people losing their fingers and toes very suddenly, which is what gave rise to this myth of limbs falling off. Right. Mm -hmm. And there was a doctor who decided to really investigate this thoroughly and found that, in fact, people were suddenly losing fingers and toes overnight. Uh -huh. They were getting eaten by rats. Oh, oh yeah! <laughs> and they didn't know they were getting eaten by rats? They had no, no. They sensation. Had no sensation. No, no sensation. And so Normally when a rat is eating you in the night, you just kind of shrug it off. <laughs> right, Joe? <laughs> shrug. Yeah, usually it takes just, just like a nibble. I feel like I'd be higher pitched screaming than that. I've, <laughs> I've lived in a house where there were where we got a, we had a rat come in and was up in the ceiling over my bedroom. And just it upstairs going, woke me up in the middle of the night and freaked me out. 
So if it was down in my room gnawing on my fingers, I think the response Well, these are Indian stealth there. rats, so. Not to be confused with a Japanese j- ninja rat. No, no, no. Completely no. different. I have a question about extremities in lepers, and I don't know how to put this lightly. What happens to the penis? <laughs> Not a lot. No? No, no foreshortening of the penis? Because I can't afford it. So there's a very... <laughs> There's a very simple reason why it's your extremities that are most affected by this disease, which is temperature. Wait a minute. My genital is not considered an extremity? Well, Kevin's isn't. <laughs> I suppose it depends on the tightness of your pants because it's all about temperature. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. The bacteria grows better where it's cooler. Oh. So that's why the face, the hands, the feet, even things like your fourth and fifth fingers can be affected because the nerve that reaches them is on the outside of your elbow, oh. whereas the nerves for the the thumb and the forefinger and the middle finger are buried in the tissue where it's warmer. So you might not get oh, affectation wow. of those fingers. And it's actually very dramatic on your head. A lot of people who have advanced diseases, their entire forehead will be absolutely consumed by these disgusting nodules and completely insensitive to any sort of touch, whereas their scalp's normal because their hair keeps their head warm. Right. Mm. So- Assuming you keep your penis in your pants, you should be set. Uh-oh. Well, that's not a problem with me. It's always in there. <laughs> or wear leather pants. Get a little hot and sweaty down there. A little human soup will help you out a lot. Really? Tell me all about it. I don't know. I've never worn leather no. pants. I just imagine. <laughs> Does Every mean- night. <laughs> so mode of transmission remains uncertain. Which is really unusual for a disease that has plagued us for so long. But one of the reasons it's so hard to study it is because it's so closely bound to being a human disease-causing organism, we can't grow it in the lab. So it's really hard to study it. You can grow it in people, which is a bad idea. You can grow it in armadillos. Even bad people? (laughs) If you grow in bad people? New capital punishment. That's right. No, it's like it's that whole algebra. You take away from one side, you give with the other. So good idea in bad people? You can die by lethal injection. (laughs) Or, your choice, (laughs) you can get infested with leprosy to further science, and we'll keep you alive for as long as we can. But leprosy isn't necessarily lethal, is it? Unfortunately not. No, it pretty much maims you and keeps you alive. That's part of why it's so awful. Maximum incubation period reported is as long as 30 years or over, as observed among uh, war veterans known to have been exposed for short periods in endemic areas, but otherwise living in non-endemic areas. Tell me what endemic means, Torn. Um... <laughs> it's like a pandemic, but less. It is like a pandemic, but it's actually confined to a certain geographical area. Oh, and it just is there all the time. Right. right. It's endemic to that yeah. area. So a pandemic is more global, endemic, same levels of disease that you'd see in a pandemic. But contained. But contained yeah. to an So area. it's endemic in India, but not endemic in, say, the United States or right. Canada. It is generally agreed that the average incubation period is between three to five years. All right. Now, in that incubation period, do you get like little – like what are the – Nada. You get nothing. nothing. You don't even know it's nothing. in there. It's just kind of swimming around, having a good old time, having a bacteria party in your nerves, and then all of a sudden, pow. And it can actually progress in sort of leaps and bounds and then maybe even regress a little bit and hang out. You have the same sort of symptoms for a couple of decades, and then maybe you'll lose another couple fingers. There, the pace of it is not progressive necessarily. It can stop and start in mm-hmm. fits. And oh, I don't like this disease. So it could at all. kind of go into remission. <laughs> it can. It could seem like you were, say, magically cured well, by a man with a beard <laughs> who claims he can cure leprosy. It could seem like that. It could. <laughs> 
How come you didn't cure those other guys? Um, they were, we're not, sinners. They sinners. That's why. Uh, yep. Sinners. Mm-hmm. Sinners. Mm-hmm. Transmission was. It was just. We're not one hundred percent sure. We don't. Maybe rule number one: don't lick lepers. I'm not sure that it would actually... Public service announcement, caustic soda, don't lick your local leper. I feel you could probably safely lick a leper, though. Yeah, Yeah. lick a leper today, in fact, is our new campaign for raising awareness of Hansen's disease. Lepers need licking, too? It makes them feel loved. Oh, What if your saliva's the cure, and you've been holding it back this whole time? No, because nobody's done it. Everybody's too scared. Love. Love is going to be the cure. Love and licking. Nothing has been confirmed as far as transmission is concerned. We have to have some sort of idea, don't we? The best idea so far is through nasal droplets. Sort of the same as tuberculosis. As we talked about before, it's in the upper respiratory tract. Mm -hmm. So it's probably coming out your nose. If you sneeze, you cough, someone else breathes it in. Really? So lick a leper, but don't let that leper sneeze on you. Don't lick a leper's nose. Mm, That's the nose zone. (laughs) That means two different things. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny when you have to explain it. Yeah. But you're probably safe because All right. 90 to 95% of people can't get leprosy. Mm-hmm. Immune. What? 95% of people have natural immunity. Totally. Do they know what the factor is that makes you susceptible, susceptible to leprosy? They've identified some genes that seem to be sort of susceptibility factors. So you can inherit susceptibility to leprosy, uh-huh. but you cannot inherit leprosy. You have to be exposed to it. Oh, yes. And then you hmm. get it if you don't have the gene that keeps you from getting it. Exactly. Let's talk about armadillos because that was brought up. Yes, it is one of the only other animals and the only one in North America that actually develops a leprosy-like disease. Is that like uh, when you buy light mayonnaise and it says a mayonnaise-like product on on the label? (laughs) It's more the same bacterium in two different animals. Mm -hmm. Because their biology is different, the disease looks slightly different in a human than it does in an armadillo. But it's very similar. And it is the same bacteria. Did we get leprosy by having sex with armadillos like 4,000 years ago? (laughs) There's actually question of transmission from armadillos, nine-banded armadillos, to humans. The details seem to be still a little bit sketchy, but there are certain patients that contracted leprosy that had no contact with people who had leprosy but did have close contact with armadillos. So you can interpret that as you will. Uh I've got the information here that says in the late 1960s, researchers speculated that armadillos might be a good test bed for leprosy research because the bacteria thrives in cooler parts of the body, feet, nose, ears. Armadillos have a relatively low body temperature as mammals go. Armadillos live long enough, 12 to 15 years, for this slow-acting disease to emerge. Armadillo litters almost invariably consist of identical quadruplets, which was useful for genetic experiments. Wow. I had no idea. That's awesome. So So several nine-banded armadillos were inoculated with leprosy germs and came down with the full-bone case of the disease. And then later, the researchers discovered that some armadillos already had leprosy. Yeah. Sure. Their leprosy-laden armadillos got – they broke loose. (laughs) <laughs> and then they went, oh, uh, look at that. Huh. Imagine that. There's ones out in the wild with leprosy. Fewer than 5% of wild armadillos have it, though 5% of 50 million is a lot of armadillos, says Cecil Adams of the Straight Dope. Could do some quick math here if I was capable of it. 5% is 1 20th. So 20th of 50. 2.5. Million. Armadillos have leprosy. Or, no, no <laughs> 2.5 million. 206. Lepros. <laughs> Six leprous armadillos. Next Christmas episode. We got to do the 12 days of caustic soda. And one of them is six leprous armadillos right yeah, now. There we go. Okay. I just called it. 
You can also get some pretty gruesome facial deformities from leprosy. One of them actually having a name called leonine facies, which is when your face starts to look like a lion. So L-E-O-N-I-N-E and then F-A-C-I-E-S. Leonine facies. Yes. One of the distinguishing characteristics of this is you lose the septum of your nose because you have this infection in your upper respiratory tract, your nasal tissue, Mm -hmm. and it just degrades. And so your nose collapses into a saddle nose or your entire nose can sort of degrade. So So it looks sort of like a lion nose. So this is what happened to Michael Jackson. He could have been a leper. Yeah. Uh, A musical leper. So, all right. Uh, Musical Hansen's disease. (laughs) And then you get thickening of the skin in these this swelling and, and the nodules that sort of look, you know, like fur on your face. So you get this lion Ooh. face. And then you're king. But wait, and potentially blind as well. So you have this, you know, you, blind eyes. You don't eyes. actually grow fur, though. No. Your, your face merely transmutes a furry yes. texture oh, yes. <laughs> into a furry texture. Yeah. I don't want that to happen to me. Is that so wrong? No, it's not wrong. Is, uh, Although I do want it to happen to you. Is that wrong? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Leprosariums. Oh, is that what they call them? That was That's the official they call title? them a lepra colony. All right. I've also seen it spelled leprosorium, which just makes me think of dinosaurs. <laughs> Noduled dinosaurs. Leprosaur. So leper colonies or houses became widespread in the Middle Ages, particularly in Europe and India, and were often run by monastic orders. A leper colony administered by a Christian religious order was often called a Lazar house after Lazarus, the patron saint of lepers. Oh, I didn't know he was the patron saint of lepers. I thought he was the patron saint of people coming back from the dead. I think he was the patron saint of zombies. Close. Some colonies were located on mountains or in remote locations in order to ensure quarantine. Uh, Some on main roads where donations would be made for their upkeep. It's a major socioeconomic related disease where you have poor sanitation conditions, it thrives. So you think 5%, but that's one out of every 20 people. You have a lot of people in a city, you have a lot of leprosy. And everybody was humping each other, so they all had the genetic marker. Not like today. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> I, think, I think we might need a short tutorial on genetics. <laughs> all right. I'm pretty sure. It's not that there's like a switch that all of your kids are going to have it. All right, but if it doesn't affect your penis and lepers get it on... <laughs> Then, uh, There's a pretty oh, wait, picture. Again. Um, unless it affects your vagina. Not all redheads have redheaded children. That's the point. Even two redheads. I just can't get not. the mental picture of two lepers getting it on out of my head. It's kind of hot. Well, do you want to do a quick sketch? No. <laughs> it was thought to be, before modern medicine, transmissible sexually, but only from a woman to a man. Naturally. And there was a suggestion if a man really, really, really wanted to have sex with a woman who had just had sex with a leper, that he sh- she should wash the sperm from her womb before commencing coitus with the clean individual. And how she was supposed to do this was by sneezing, jumping, bathing, and having her womb washed with cleansing waters. So Holy water or just cleansing Just water? cleansing. So not stabbing But I don't water. think anyone should use sneezing as birth control. No. <laughs> Wait, I'm doing it wrong. Chew. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right that I came. I just have to sneeze now. I want to know the dude who wants to have sex with a woman who just had sex with a leper. And can't wait. Just can't wait. Can't wait. That's the only way they can get it up. Well, it's a fetish. Or this woman obviously has such low standards of like, she'll do it with me or she'll do it with a leper. Well, maybe it's that he knows that because she's got leprosy, all of her nerve endings don't work and she can't tell that he's terrible. She'll just appreciate somebody's there. I'm not sure in the Middle Ages everybody was all that <laughs> concerned with, with later. They didn't have things that were ribbed for her pleasure. <laughs> Ooh, maybe the lepers are ribbed for her pleasure. Oh, my goodness. Something I never even <laughs> I thought of. I don't even know what that Just means. let that sink in for a while. 
There is even doubt that the current definition of leprosy can be retrospectively applied to the medieval condition. What was classified as leprosy then covers a wide range of skin conditions that would be classified as distinct afflictions today. All right, like, so like facial just, cancers and so things. So they just lump yeah. every, everything into, you know, if you look like you got leprosy, you're a leper and everyone goes into the colony and then so good times. So this kind of addresses my why, why was it so widespread if such a small part mm-hmm. of the population. And syphilis was a big one to get lumped in there. Oh, really? Yeah. The distinction between leprosy and syphilis, blurry, blurry for years. <laughs> and especially if you're going blind, real, like literally blurry <laughs> as well as figuratively. Some leper colonies issued their own money in the belief really? that allowing lepers to handle regular money could spread the disease. Well, I guess yeah. if you sneeze on it, that's possible. That's true. Uh-huh. Oh, I got to sneeze. I got to, oh, here's a dollar. <laughs> People that, money, anyway. that must be very collectible these days. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, leper, money. Leper, money. leper money, yeah. There are also people that put candle wax on their face and would apply blood and different things to try and look like lepers. Because if you were judged a leper, you were issued a license to beg. Oh, whereas a lot of other people weren't lepers. allowed. So, you know, you're a little bit lazy, a little bit of leprosy. You're all good. Brought up in uh, the, Brian. The, and the Sandman comic, Caesar went out and pretended to be a beggar and he put uh, wax and stuff on his face. I'd like to talk about some interesting leper colonies. Uh, I've got one, actually a local one. Caustic Soda's own designated driver, Darcy D, sent this in. That was a uh, lot of alliteration, by the I way. I know. She knew, she knew about this because it was set on Darcy Island, D apostrophe A-R-C-Y. At the turn of the last century, Darcy Island, a remote patch of land off Vancouver Island, was prison to a handful of Chinese people suffering from leprosy. They were marooned there to die. Today, the island's a park, its history buried with the forgotten Chinese men, and one woman whose bones lie beneath the feet of its visitors. They actually tried to bill the railway company for the upkeep of the colony because they figured they were the people that brought the Chinese people to BC in the first place, and we wouldn't have Chinese lepers if we didn't have railways. Right. So they tried to charge them for the upkeep of the colony. Send them a leper bill. Even worked for a little while. It started when Victoria's police and health officers conducted one of their routine sweeps through Chinatown in 1891. Hidden in a small shack behind a store on Fisgard Street, officials found five huddled men bearing obvious signs of leprosy. Victoria's municipal government responded by quickly gaining provincial support to expropriate Darcy Island and turn it into a leper colony. For the next 33 years, the tiny islet was used as an isolated, segregated dumping ground for people with leprosy, 49 people in total. Uh, The city spent the money to build a six-unit row house for them to live in, and later some of the leper residents erected separate shacks of their own. If there were 48 dudes and one woman, she'd be the most popular person since Smurfette. Two Chinese men entered the United States from Canada and were identified in New York as lepers. They were literally crated and shipped to Vancouver by rail a trip that may have taken weeks, where authorities promptly locked them in a shack for two months. The men nearly died of dehydration and starvation before a public outcry forced authorities to release them to Darcy Island. On the eve of their transfer, it was discovered that one of the men did not have leprosy. Wow. So did he go to Darcy Island anyway, or did they let him go? I would guess they let him go. (laughs) Yeah? He doesn't have leprosy. Send him anyway. Hey, sorry for locking you in a crate for two months and almost dying. With a leper and almost dying. That's a shame. Sorry about that. But they didn't say sorry. (laughs) They may have written it down. They, have, yeah, they wouldn't have said it. They left the note and just like unlocked the padlock on their on his crate. Oh, well. <laughs> in the mid-1800s, leprosy was brought to Hawaii by Chinese who came to labor in the sugarcane fields. Many Hawaiians were stricken with ma'ipake, the Chinese sickness. Since there was no cure for the disease, strict isolation was the only means available to keep the disease from spreading. In 1866, the first sufferers were abandoned on Kaluapapa, a small peninsula on the north side of Molokai. Surrounded on three sides by the Pacific Ocean and with sea cliffs 200 feet high on the 4th, Kaluapapa was a prison from which escape was impossible. 
I'll tell that to Papillon. Father Damien, yes, a Belgian priest, <laughs> came to Molokai in 1873 to minister to the needs of the dying. Through his ministry and labors, order was created where there had been only suffering and chaos. He, succ he succumbed to the disease in 1889. So That's a shame that he was one out of 20 who could actually succumb to it. There are about 800 lepers that lived on Molokai Island. And apparently a lot of the people that got discharged after there was effective treatment available would sneak back or get jobs there because it was actually such a thriving functional community that people <laughs> wanted to be there. So well, a lot of the people... Lepers party that, like no one else. They got nothing to lose. They party <laughs> like it's 1899. Except their fingers. They uh, you can party got rid of all fingers. the rats. That was, you know, job number one. Right. You like my smile. You like my style. Well, why don't you make me know it? You like my walk. You like my talk. Well, there's only one way to show it. If you want to shake my hand Like they do it in Harlem Stick your hand right out and shout Give me some skin My friend, step right up and take your stand You don't have to be timid Stick your hand right out and shout Give me some skin My friend, smack it Whack it Let your hand rotate Show it, blow it Put it in your pocket till a future date If you want to shake my hand Like they do it in Harlem Stick your hand right out and shout Give me some skin, my friend If you like my style, we'll show it If you like my smile, let me know it If you like my walk, please tell me If you like my talk, well skin me, papa, skin me In the news, March 2011, if you listen to the Indian government, leprosy has been conquered. But if you chance to meet any of the 130,000 new patients diagnosed with it each year, you get quite a different story. India has more new cases each year than the rest of the world combined. Partly that's due to India's enormous population, more than 1 billion people. But another part is that the country has drastically reduced funding to combat the disease. India announced that it had eliminated leprosy in 2005, even though several hundred thousand patients were in leper colonies. Since then, government funding to prevent leprosy has been channeled into the general health system, and leprosy charities have seen significant decreases in funding. Well, let me just add what I like to add in these cases, which is don't worry, the market will correct itself. In leper colonies and uh, public transit. Leper transit? Leper transit. Well, yeah, you got to get into those leper colonies somehow. On put the leper on, bus. You put on a, on a leper train? Ooh, yeah, uh, in the, the boxcar. Not to be confused bus. with Hanson's tour bus. You could double it up, though. That's They'd true. They'd probably if, be pretty upset if you confused those two. And if we're lucky, Hanson will actually contract leprosy and not be able to play their instruments anymore. From the Korea Herald, Island of the Cursed becomes tourist magnet. Sorok Island. So, Ooh, that sounds awesome. Sorok. We're gonna it sounds add this, like someplace I want to go. Sounds like where the Balkans come from. We're going to add this to the Caustic Soda Cruise Tour. South Geola province. Just decades ago, leprosy was considered a curse from nature, subject to prejudice and discrimination. The 3.8-square-kilometer Sorok Island off South Jola Province was a detention camp for Hansen's disease patients and is still the largest community and treatment facility for them. It sounds like it should be like a treatment facility for pterodactyls. <laughs> Isn't it, it sounds like that's where Khazar, the, the savage land, <laughs> yeah, should live, right. right? It was established during the Japanese colonial period from 1910 to 1945 with patients suffering doubly for being both Korean and, quote-unquote, cursed. Many were coerced into having vasectomies. Their organs were displayed after death, a practice that continued until, guess, 
I looked. I'm sorry. Oh. 1989. 1999. Close. 1996. Oh, she was much closer. Ooh, but she went over. So Price is Right, I win, but <laughs> Proximity, Jenna wins. Others were beaten to death while drafted as construction workers for exotic gardens and monuments. They were beaten to death while drafted as construction workers. Yeah. Build my house! <laughs> I am no faster. You know you didn't beat a, you didn't beat your construction workers to death till after the project was complete. Check Joe. this out. He totally can't feel it. <laughs> oh, That's man, probably how awesome. he started. Guy's still working away. I'm beating him. He ain't feeling it. <laughs> I can't feel it with my nerves, but you're hurting my Getting soul. Get no satisfaction from beating my lepers. <laughs> yeah, because they don't squeal in pain. Just hit him harder. Yeah, but the island has transformed into a brighter and less tragic spot. It has become a tourist destination. About 600,000 people visit the island every year, from kindergartners dropping by for picnics to elderly people seeking peace. Are there still lepers there? Is it still a leper colony, or has it become a tourist destination now that they've all beaten all the lepers to death? It says that currently there are 587 patients residing on the island, taken care of by 128 medical staffers. 587 patients and 128 medical staff? That's a pretty good ratio, actually. That's Mm -hmm. better than the Canadian healthcare system. I'm moving. <laughs> to Sorok Island, <laughs> they got the best healthcare anywhere. There, there are drugs to treat it now. There right? are. So there is what we call multi-drug therapy mm-hmm. that we use to treat leprosy. The reason to use multi-drugs is because it prevents their resistance from actually evolving and becoming prevalent in the population. Because if one drug doesn't kill it, the other ones will do it. So we mm. have a regimen that the WHO for years and years actually provided for free to anyone in endemic areas, mm-hmm. and after the first dose, you're totally non-infectious anymore. And it cures you within 6 to 12 months wow. of any of the bacteria. Unfortunately, because a lot of the damage is due to your own body's immune response, even after you're done the drugs, you can still have progressive worsening symptoms for a year to a year and a half. So you're telling me my fingers are not going to grow back? Not. <laughs> no. Not. You might even lose some more toes. But at the very least, we can say right now is the best time in history to be a leper. That's definitely a silver lining way of looking at it. (laughs) I just like to poke a stick at people who are like, things used to be better back in the old days. No. The old leprous days. The old leprous days. I heard once that uh, thalidomide was actually particularly... Has been used, yeah. There's a few different drugs that have been used in addition to the the standard regimen, but there's one that's sort of standardized and provided in convenient little blister packs. You said oh, blister. How, how ironic you get a blister pack to cure leprosy. Except it's not burgeoning with bacteria. Mm. Well, one of the treatments that used to be used in pre-modern medicine to treat the, the symptoms, not to cure, was to actually cauterize the, mm. the tubercles or the, mm. the nodules. So you could either cut them off with a razor blade uh, or you could cauterize times. them either with red hot iron or if the patient looked a little bit too squeamish to deal with the red hot iron then they would use caustic chemicals to just burn that little nodule right off caustic chemicals caustic chemicals um now would this actually work because then it would kill the active bacteria in the nodules it wasn't used to treat the disease it was just used to okay you have leprosy not doing so hot we'll try and you know mitigate the the result of that what what other uh, in ancient cultures what are the other things that they would do to combat leprosy there's hundreds of remedies because people didn't know what to do with it so they just threw everything they could at it right so this was hey i think this will work kind of in the (laughs) snake snakes at it oh yeah lots of snakes Uh, either either the venom or uh eating the flesh of vipers was really popular for years and years Ah. also drinking or bathing in blood which is a custom that came about in Egypt but then was perpetuated in China. And unfortunately, the blood of either children or virgins was preferred. Mm, or of virgin course. children. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Well, hopefully most. What? Yeah. Wait. I, dude. Just saying. However, they, they later use dog or lamb or even corpse blood. You know, mm-hmm. Corpse little, blood. A little corpse blood to treat your leprosy. Yeah. I love that band. In, in the days where the, the medicine was more on the level of the four humors, right. oh, it yes. was thought yeah, yeah, yeah. to be a spreading of black bile throughout the body. Right. So oh, you yeah, want to get everything back in balance. So they treat it just with diet and trying to you know, stay mellow and having absolutely no sex. Oh. Um, yeah, got to watch that sex for the black bile. And uh, Joe is absolutely right in thinking that now is a better time to be a leper, as one of the other treatments was to mix as much menstrual blood as, as possible into a bath menstrual and have, ha, have a, a nice little relaxing soak. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And menstrual how blood. How much can you That'd get? That'd smell good. I mean, I don't even know how you connect bathing in blood with leprosy. Like, exactly where does this bathing in blood thing because even when you got like the four humors theory mm-hmm. they're all internal right so how does washing yourself in something of an internal nature my guess is this is the old-fashioned version of all the bullshit medicine that you hear these days uh-huh. which is that most of the people perpetuating it probably don't even believe it but are just like well this rich guy's got leprosy and i got something that he'll believe yeah yes you have to bathe in menstrual blood this will uh, help at least alleviate the symptoms and make you feel better oh really that I just sounds so happen to have a tub of menstrual blood <laughs> right here's here. a tub here i have many women who have been <laughs> contributing know, hooked up to milking machines that have been modified yeah, I've been carrying them around in a crate, uh, so they're all in the same cycle. So very so convenient for, for like months. For, for convenience, uh, they can all menstruate simultaneously. So uh, just get in here and hand me the modern-day equivalent of a million dollars, and uh, you'll feel better. Uh-huh. And then, of course, they get in and do it, and their mind takes over and convinces them that they feel better. Spontaneous regression. Right. Uh-huh. There, there was treatment with gold, uh, which would be less humorous to the physician, one. but probably a little more lucrative. Right. It was only administered to the rich, either orally Imagine or... Actually. Um, and before the... I wonder what kind of... Was it like a drink, or was it like little tablets of gold you I had to eat? Or? pretty much any way you could get it uh, in. Gilded? Your whole body was gilded? Yeah. They, oh, like Goldfinger. And what we're going to have to have, I don't know how much money it'd be worth back then, but, you know, $100,000 worth of gold, and I will use it to create a gold paste, which we will put over your skin. It will then be scraped off and put into a bucket, and we will dispose of it, don't worry. <laughs> that has leached out all the that toxins. That is evil leper gold. All this yeah. evil you don't want gold. that. You don't want it back. We will prepare it to keep society safe. And then you will or feel Or make leper better. money. And then, of course, the guy, oh, yeah. and then the guy knows that the gold is just fine. He's got $100,000 worth of gold. Or even better, he makes him drink like some sort of gold. Gold and slugger? Then, and then they have to examine his, uh, you know. Uh, stool? His stool His afterwards. black bile. Of course, that, that's a much more distasteful oh, way of yeah. retrieving notice, it. Notice the gold flakes in <laughs> that's here. A, that's a whole different that's panning for gold yeah. process. <laughs> The gold flakes in your stool show it's working. Pay me more. Any other particularly gruesome uh, remedies we... Uh... Drinking the blood of turtles. Oh. Laxatives. Bloodletting. Drinking tons and tons and tons of seawater to just clear <laughs> you right oh, out. Oh, man. So the classics then. And mercury applied in any number of a delightful oh, range wonderful. of ways. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Once you get this mercury poisoning, you'll totally forget all about <laughs> the leprosy. <laughs> this is Yeah, this is the medical version of like, oh, you got a headache? I'm going to punch you in the gut. Lesser of two evils. Leprosy? Or lethal injection. Not specifically hearkening back to our poisoning episode, but very related. Sure. Because this is going to be leprosy from the 19th century. Yeah. None of this, this is not cocktail. modern day. No, this is not cocktail. No multi-drug you're, therapy. You're cured in a year and a half. Although you're, it may come with some of the uh, antique curings. 
Oh yeah, you could get some, you know, mercury uh, applications. I think some of those bathing in menstrual worse. blood as well. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about you know losing your fingers and toes and uh, retaining your penis, though. You're gonna pull so many girls with that fact. But going blind, hey, baby, and, and I know possible, I don't have fingers. Possible leonine feces and uh, <laughs> feces. <laughs> <laughs> and all this, that stuff, versus being strapped to a gurney, having the uh, chemicals plunged into your veins, I'm causing sorry. you to expire. I can't get over leonine feces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe. Yeah. You want to weigh in first? <laughs> this is such a hard one. I mean, what you're doing is uh, you're gauging the lifetime of suffering versus no suffering. Does the life from leprosy on count as a negative compared to, let's say, the dying, which is a zero? Yeah. I would have to choose hope as terrible as leprosy is. You love hope. I know. Yeah. It's a nice place. You're weighed in on the side of leprosy. I, just dying is just giving up. Uh, and look at all these people who have had leprosy in the past. Every single, or not every single one, but all the ones that we know of that are lepers and continue to live have chosen, like a leprosy, well, I could just end this horrible torment I have. I mean, they could, they won't even feel it. Their nerve endings are all damaged, but they've chosen to live. So I can only think that because they are putting up with it rather than die, that I would be able to do the same. Well, I get the impression that Jenna may think opposite to you, Joe. So let's hear your side of the argument. I'm all about lethal injection. (laughs) Leprosy, it sounds like the longest death. There's only two ways to die from leprosy. You either suffocate because your throat becomes inflamed or you die from some kind of gangrenous secondary infection. I mean, there are people that are walking around on exposed bone without limping because they don't know. What's this exposed bone Because you get secondary infections because you can't feel anything. Mm -hmm. You get injured. You don't know when things are going wrong with your body. You might know you have an ulcer on your foot because you smell it. That doesn't sound nice. But you don't feel it. That was nice. Yeah, it's true. You don't feel it. Ah, and (laughs) when you get to a certain point and you can't feel anything, you actually need your eyes to figure out what your limbs are doing. And then you go blind. That's a good point. And then you're just totally lost. All you can do is hear and drool. And yet those people are not killing themselves. <laughs> Some you, are. That's, when you have leprosy, is there a 100% chance you go blind? Or no. is, it, is it a 50-50? Depends how, how bad your disease is. Also, right. I, would, I would convert my house into a sauna. I think we have to say for this argument that it's the worst possible leprosy you can have. Uh, Some so people are really high functioning. Okay. Right? But not necessarily. We don't necessarily have to say that. But there's a good chance. There's a chance. That I would it could say that there's a ch- you don't know. You like don't it, know. I don't think high. Uh, I don't think high functioning. It's going to be bad. It's. <laughs> but I don't think we have to say. But your eyes are definitely going to go. Okay, fair. But enough. maybe they will. Either I will kill you with this lethal injection, or you're going to get leprosy. Yeah. To me, it's like it's you get like your leprosy. The, it takes your chances. The legend with the guy chained to the cliff where the eagle eats Sisyphus. his liver out every day. Prometheus. No, Prom- yeah, Prometheus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prometheus. That's a really long, slow, torturous perpetual process. I'm, I'm done. Okay. Uh, so is life. Torn. <laughs> <laughs> I have some questions about this uh, hypothetical leprosy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Am I in a leper colony? Mm-hmm. Pretty good chance. I mean, you could like run into the woods and become a hermit or whatever, but I mean, we're talking about 19th century leprosy here. No cures yeah. or anything like that. So odds are you're going to get thrown into a leper colony. Is it a co-ed leper colony? Might be a good one. Might yeah. be a bad one. Yeah, mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. you, t- you get your leprosy, it takes your chances. <laughs> could be on Molokai Island. Yeah. Could be the I mean, party all leave. the time. Yeah. My leper wants to party all the time, party all the time, party all the time. I'm going to go with leprosy, please. <laughs> leprosy, please. I think we have a new caustic soda t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I think the worst part of it is the is the advanced leprosy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just having like bumps on my face and stuff like that. I think at the beginning I can always choose to die later. And, right? And, and I can also, commit suicide if it gets really bad. But in the meantime, 
I could be the king of the leper colony. In the land of the leper colony, the one-eyed man is king? Something like that. Mm-hmm. The ten-fingered man yeah, is king? Yeah, I was going to say, I think it has something to do with fingers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Anybody, who, anybody with an opposable thumb is king? Oh, God, I have a small spot on my body where I can still feel an itch. Who can scratch this? <laughs> Torrin shows up. I can. I have one finger. <laughs> I'm kind of freaked out by this this bare bone stump story. <laughs> I got to be honest. And you don't I, know if there's going to be rats. Think of the rats. Oh, oh I, I look rats. forward to the rats. But Torn does make a good point about I can always <laughs> take care of my business myself later. Uh, if it doesn't, because I could end up being not that bad a leper. Actually, you know, I think that's a little too easy the way out. So mm-hmm. I, I think we have to disqualify. If you do it, you have to live until you just die. Until you die yeah. from the disease. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Or from I, a related disease. I think I'm going to go with uh, I think I'm gonna go with Jenna. I think I'm going to go with the lethal injection. Okay. So we're split 2-2. Two, two. Uh, Torn, are you changing if you can't take your life later on when it nah. gets worse? Okay. <laughs> Pop culture. Well, The Kingdom of Heaven, a yeah, terrible that's... movie, but the, uh, the main character who rules the kingdom is a leper. Leper King Baldwin the Fourth, uh, played by Edward Norton, I believe. Yeah, you never wore, actually wore see a mask the whole time. Yeah, so it's kind of like Hugo Weaving in V for Vendetta with the old uh, V mask that he never takes off. I guess they told uh, Hugo Weaving that he could actually like not even be present; that he could they could just do voiceover <laughs> afterwards, and he he refused. He said he didn't think he would be acting if he right. Uh, interesting. Do the entire good old Hugo role. Yeah. So I don't know if Edward Norton did that. The Maybe he King. went so far as to put all the little nodules, get the makeup department, do the leper face, and then Underneath. put the mask over Ooh, top of that. that just be, really get into the that would whole be, method acting. That would be pretty method. That would be pretty method. <laughs> I know. I think real dedication to the role would really require some leprosy. Oh, right. Yeah, nice. Lick a leper <laughs> on the nose. <laughs> all right, Edward, in 30 years, you'll be ready for this role. Not a particularly good movie. I, I hear the director's cut is quite a bit better. Oh, yeah? I haven't seen it, but I, that's, what, that's what I've heard from people who didn't like the theatrical release, but they said, yeah, I watched the director's cut and it was much better. One of the problems I had with the theatrical release was it was way too long. Mm-hmm. It definitely could use some chopping. So, uh, but knowing Ridley Scott, who directed it... it usually goes the, the other way around. Yeah, the director's cut usually goes <laughs> the other way. So... I thought it was too long. So it depends. If the director's cut is like 20, 30 minutes shorter, I'm in. There was a leper in Braveheart, uh, Robert, oh, yeah. uh, Robert the Bruce's father. Although apparently historically he didn't. Historical inaccuracies in a Mel Gibson movie? Princess Mononoke. Ashitaka is given a warm welcome when he reaches Irontown, Ashitaka being the main character, mm-hmm. I believe. One of the main characters. He learns from the leader of Irontown, Lady Eboshi. That the giant boar which cursed him was once a forest god called Nago, and the, that Iboshi had shot the boar, driving it to madness. On hearing this, Ashitaka is filled with rage and must restrain his right arm from killing Iboshi, as you remember. Mm-hmm. His right arm is, has all these magical powers and whatnot. He, it gets so strong that he shoots arrows at guys, and their heads just... Yeah, it's pretty cool. Nice. It's, it's kind of awesome. You should see it. Yeah. I, it be, you're, you're not the first people to tell me to see it. And the, uh, the English translation was written by Neil Gaiman, so it's not oh, like super nice. bad. What? You think you can stop me? Like it's actually really well written and wonderful. And He's dissuaded from doing so by lepers whom Eboshi has taken under her care and employed as gun makers. Leper gun makers? Yeah. It's before the fingers go. Yeah. Obviously. Oh, wait. Or they just strap on like hammers and stuff to the ends of their stumps. Well, like Edward Scissor's hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Edward mm-hmm. Hammer hands. But leper Hammer hands. Leper Hammer hands. Mm-hmm. Leper Hammer hands. I think we've got a new superhero. We've got a sequel. Call uh, uh, Tim, what's his name? Burton. How does the pitch go again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leper Hammer hands. What else do you need? It's all. <laughs> that's the pitch. You just walk in. Two words. <laughs> leper, leper Hammer, hammer hands. hands. Sold. 
Uh, the Fog. Do you guys remember The Fog? I remember. Are we talking about the original? Or are we talking about the, uh, the the Thomas Jane remake? We could talk about either because they both have to do with lepers. A hundred years ago, on April 21st, the wealthy leper Blake bought the vessel Elizabeth Dane and moved with his friend from a leper colony to California to build a town for them to live with more comfort. However, while crossing a fog in Spivey Point, they were misguided by a campfire on shore, steering the course of the vessel toward the light and crashing her against the rocks. On the present days, on the celebration of the centenary of the fishing town Antonio Bay, a glowing fog appears, bringing the zombies of Blake and its crew to kill the residents. I got these two things mixed up. I'm thinking of The Mist. The Fog, the remake, was with Tom Welling from Smallville. Oh. And I didn't see that. I saw the original The Fog, uh, the Carpenter Fog. All right. So they are leper ghosts. They aren't just ghosts. They're yeah, leprous it's ghosts. It's like leprosy squared. You have leper zombies. Father Robert Malone finds the hidden journal of his grandfather in the wall of his church and discloses that Antonio Bay was built with Blake's gold. Further, a group of conspirators, including his grandfather, lighted the fire to sink Elizabeth Dane, and now the ghosts of Blake and his crew are seeking revenge. They're seeking revenge for a campfire? Yes. Nice. Do you remember the leprosy bit in Ben-Hur? Yeah, in Ben-Hur, they uh, banish his mother and his sister to a leper colony, and they catch leprosy, and then he goes to rescue them, but he has to leave them behind because they're super infected. And after hearing all this stuff, when they've been in this leper colony like six months or maybe a couple of years max, mm-hmm. and they are just like falling apart like a cardboard suit in the rain, which Ooh. seems like a little bit fast for progression, <laughs> uh, knowing what we now know earlier on in the episode. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jenna. I think it goes a lot of different speeds. Oh, yeah? It seems pretty fast. The shortest incubation period that we know of is a few months. Oh, really? But then it can progress really rapidly. Yeah. Oh, so maybe a couple of years could May- be Yeah, to- I think it's maybe possible. Wow, because, uh, yeah, they were not good. They, In fact, they uh, I'm sh- they didn't even really show them. They kind of, like, had their faces hidden behind scarves and cowls, and you just Oh, yeah, saw, you, like, they a- didn't have the technology in filmmaking to yeah, the old make prosthetic the, the lepers. Uh, yeah, really, really gruesome. Really like candle wax, it's but hard. he does the classic, the uh, the Charlton Heston, like, gets his, like, revulsion face Damn on. Damn you! They do that. They do that. They <laughs> Slaps the back of his neck. Yeah. They, like, they, like... They like shoot over the the his his family's shoulder, and you get it like <gasps> he leaves them there in the leper colony Psst, where they belong. Act. Yeah, <laughs> can you act out of this paper bag for me for a minute? I sure can. A series of fantasy books, uh, the Chronicles of Sir Thomas Covenant the Unbeliever, kind of a very Lord of the Rings esque fantasy world except it involves uh, a really bitter and cynical writer ending up in a fantasy world and one of the reasons he's bitter and cynical is because he's got leprosy Ah. Uh, and while he's there he just doesn't believe that he's actually in a fantasy world called the land but he you know can't just sit there and do nothing and so apparently, I haven't read what, it, but uh, what does he thing. think is going on? Is he, think he thinks he's, he's like hallucinating? A break or yeah, so, leprosy doesn't cause. So they cause call him the unbeliever in this land, but he's also apparently supposed to be the hero to save the land from uh, Lord Fowl the Despiser. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, when your name is Lord Fowl, you're kind <laughs> of despiser. destined to become a despiser, right? You know, it's not I like feel he should have leprosy. Lord Fowl the Cheerful, like that's not going to happen, right? Lord Happy Pony. Yeah, it's like Lord Stinky Pants, the sweet smelling one. But then again, that's it could go the other way. Very confusing. Give me some skin. Give me some skin. Give me some skin. My- 